the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. The devil really thinks he's something. And why not? He's got a perfect record. I'm not sure the exact number of people that have lived since the time of Adam and Eve. You can perhaps try to figure out how many billion it's been. But the devil was undefeated. All victories, not one loss. Every person he faced, every person he tempted, he got. He won. Maybe not all the temptations worked out perfectly, but every person fell. He outsmarted them. He outlasted them. He outmaneuvered them. Some were pretty tough. Some were easy. Some fell pretty hard. And some he got without even them knowing it. Those were the best. He was undefeated. So when Jesus arrives on the scene, why would he expect anything different? Because he's the Son of God? Oh, no biggie. The devil thought he'll get him too. He'll outsmart him. He'll outlast him. He'll outmaneuver him just like all of the rest. Maybe sooner, maybe later. After all, he's human flesh. Weak. Vulnerable. Despicable. And that'll be his downfall. The devil was so certain that he would remain undefeated. And the opportunity for him came. More like it fell into his lap. Jesus alone in the wilderness. No dove. No voice of the Father. No John the Baptist or loud crowds following him. One on one, this would be the moment. If the devil, so filled with consumed and hate, could ever feel joy, this was the moment. This was it. But it even got better. For this human flesh in Jesus was weak. Forty days of fasting. He probably never tried that one. The devil could almost admire that, except by the only thing that he could really admire was himself. Time to get to work. There'd be time to pat himself on the back much later. Now it was time to tempt the hungry Jesus with food. A piece of cake! Sorry about that. Okay, so Jesus is worthy, is a worthy adversary. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's Jesus' response. Well played, Jesus. Congratulations. The devil is undaunted. Being undefeated by so many people over so many years, he still had confidence. So maybe something just a little bit more subtle. 
Jesus came to save this worthless world and these worthless people that can't even resist the devil's temptation. And you know, that's something the devil couldn't figure out. Why bother? This world is no Garden of Eden, and these people, are they really worth saving? Maybe, okay, but God might think so at the beginning, but after all these years of sinful rebellion and idolatry and stubbornness, really? Here he is, however, to be a Savior. So, okay, Jesus, Savior, tell you what, I'll give it all to you. I don't really want this world anyway. Just worship me. That's it. Just acknowledge me as the giver and you the receiver. That's my gift to you, and you can have it all. Why make this harder than it has to be? Huh. Jesus doesn't fall for this one either. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus was just as stubborn as some of the rest of them. A different stubborn, to be sure. They were stubborn in their sin. Jesus was stubborn in the word of God. Okay. If it's the word of God that he wants, well, that's what I'll give him. If he wants to rely on his father, let him rely on his father. So Jesus, jump. That's it. Just step off of the pinnacle of this temple. Your father will protect you. He'll send his angels. Your father will take care of you as he promised. You do believe the word of God, right, Jesus? And Jesus looks him and says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And just for a moment, it was the devil, not Jesus, who was uncertain. A little bit off balance. Was Jesus quoting this about himself, not putting his father to a test? Or was he speaking to the devil to not put him to the test? Turnabout is not fair play in the devil's playbook. So he left. But the game wasn't over. He left only until an opportune time. The devil was not defeated for nothing. He'd be back, and Jesus would go down. But Jesus did not go down. How many other opportunities were there? How many other temptations and challenges did Jesus face? We're not told, but surely there were many. The devil doesn't give up. His perfect record, of, his perfect re record is an evidence of that. But he was not willing to give up. And Jesus did not go down. In the wilderness, on the cross, or any time in between... The devil could not outsmart, outlast, or outmaneuver Jesus. You see, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, was sacrificed on the altar of the cross and then rose triumphantly from dead. And so there is forgiveness for a world of sin, for a world of death, salvation for a world defeated. There is only one who is defeated, and it was the devil. Jesus is victorious. 
And he is our brother. It is him whom we believe with all our mind, soul, and heart. It is him who we confess with our mouths. It is he alone who saves us. You see, victory doesn't come from us. As we sang just a few moments ago, with might of ours cannot be done, soon were our loss affected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask you who this is? Jesus Christ is. You see, that's an important thing for us to remember. If you try to go one-on-one with the devil, you're going to lose. Just try it if you're trying not to eat potato chips. You will go down. You're not smart enough or strong enough, and neither am I. Now, that doesn't mean we don't fight. We absolutely do. When the devil assaults you and attacks you and tempts you with all matters of sin to get you to doubt God's love for you or to hate someone or to take what is not your own or what has been given to you or, or to lie or take advantage of someone else or fall into others some sort of vice or believe the the word of the world over the word of God or not bother to pray or read or hear the scriptures or give in to your urges and desires or get annoyed with God for interfering in your life and what you want and what you think right and any other a thousand ways that the devil seduces us to think sin is good, by all means fight. Be a part of the resistance. Yes, but fight not with your own strength, but with the Word of God and prayer. And when you go down, and you and I will go down, know that the valiant one is on your side. The valiant one did not go down. The valiant one wins for you and wins you. For you are that one word the devil hates above all others. The word he cut out of his vocabulary and dictionary. The word he forbid be spoken in his presence. And you know what that word is the devil hates? You are forgiven. For every time that word is spoken here in church, or in your homes, by your family members, or in your workplaces, or by your neighbors and friends, every time that word is spoken to you, the devil doesn't see the hundred trillion times and more he won. He sees only that one time he didn't. The one time he couldn't. The one time he went down and he can't stand when Jesus cried out the cross from the cross, Father, forgive them. You are forgiven. That's the one word he hates. And so it is the one word we need to keep, to keep hearing and speaking and proclaiming to the world, not only believing in our hearts that Jesus is our Savior and forgiving, but speaking it with our lips to those who have sinned against us. His forgiveness for us and for all. And then see what God did. He put this forgiveness in the most common and wide 
spread places of all places in the, water, in the world in water and in bread and wine. Every place where there is water, there is a place for forgiveness, for God's Word to make the water more than just plain water, but a washing of new birth in the Holy Spirit. And every place there is bread and wine, there is a place for forgiveness, for God's Word to make that bread and wine more than just ordinary bread and wine, but His body and blood, the bread of life. And so there is no rest for the devil, no respite, with Christians all over the world speaking and rejoicing and pouring out and eating forgiveness and living in forgiveness and rejoicing in forgiveness. It's enough to make the devil mad to maintain his own sanity. Don't think about whether that person deserves forgiveness or not or whether you want to forgive or not. Forgive them to drive the devil crazy. Forgive them and say, look, devil, that big fat one is in your lost column. He'll get mad at you for that, of course. He'll attack you more and rage against you more, but he can't win because he's already lost. For that big fat one in his lost column left a big old empty tomb that life and not death have the final word. That he, not the devil, have the final word for you. And that word is, you are not condemned, forgiven. Luther wrote this hymn, one little word, we sang subdue him. I like fell him better, but it's okay. Pastor Mack and I have talked over this over the years. He thinks the word is liar. I think it's Jesus. We don't really know. But today, let, let's have that word be forgiven. That word pains the devil. That word defeats the devil. And that word brings life and joy and restoration and peace which this world and the church so desperately needs, forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen.